On this episode, we talk about Microsoft being more aggressive, i.e. 11 adverts, build, redstone, and a whole lot more. This is the Sam's Report. Today is February... I almost did this again. Today is March 11th. I am so off on these dates lately. March 11th. March 11th. Um, almost halfway through March. And this is the Sam's Report. And once again, Microsoft has given us a bunch to talk about. A lot of good stuff. A lot of interesting stuff um, went on this week. And, you know, it's not always consumer-related. There's going to be a lot more of non-consumer-related stuff than typical. But we still got a lot of good Redstone things to talk about, some Windows updates to talk about. And let's just kick it off with the big news that I posted up last night. And... It's this Windows 10. Microsoft gave us a warning. So let's let's take a step back, shall we? Microsoft gave us a warning um, a few weeks ago. Might have been a little bit longer than that. Let's just say six to eight weeks ago, I think is about right timeline. That if you have a domain joined PC, that they would begin pushing up um, these Windows 10 update adverts. Now it was a little it was a qualified update it they said that if it's domain joined and using windows update and not a wussus or for those of you who aren't familiar wsus update server then if it was using traditional windows update it was domain joined and it was uh, windows 7 pro or windows 8 pro that microsoft would begin pushing these update notifications to um, to the users and so this is I have really mixed feelings about this. So on one hand, I understand what they're doing. They want small businesses because that's the the scenario, right? If you're a small business, you're running Windows Pro, uh, you're using traditional Windows Update, and you don't have an all-time full-time IT admin. And so they begin pushing these updates out to these people. And this is where it gets kind of bad. So this update isn't like what consumers are seeing, where it's a nice little pop-up, I mean, nice, you know, qualify, whatever you would call it. It's not a little pop-up in the bottom corner that says, hey, upgrade to Windows 10. No, no, no. What Microsoft has done here, this update says, your IT admin is blocking updates, and you cannot install Windows 10. Please talk to your IT admin for more information. So I kind of have I have problems with this. One, they're not blocking, technically it is an update, but this is... It, I would consider this an upgrade. An update to me is what comes out on Patch Tuesday and says, okay, you're running this version of Windows, here's a patch, and everything's fixed. What this is, is a full-blown Windows upgrade, and they're basically pitting the employee against the IT admin, or the whoever's monitoring their networks, and saying, hey, you're blocking updates, my machine's telling them you are. And it's a pretty clever tactic by Microsoft. Um, to you know, get the, the ground-level employee involved with this Windows 10 update process. But here's my problem with that. Upgrading a network, if anybody's ever done it, and it, more than just one machine, it's not as simple as just running the update and saying, hey, we're done. It's not like what you do at home, right? You've got to make sure all the software is running. You've got to make sure all the legacy applications are working. You've got to make sure that all your legacy hardware is going to work with the new stuff. Um, it's a very intense process, and there's a lot of factors that go into this. And so if you have a ground-level employee saying, hey, why aren't you putting Windows 10 on my machine? Well, they may not fully understand why this is an issue. This is Microsoft, in my opinion, has finally stepped over the bounds of what they should be doing. They should not be going to that ground level employee and saying, hey, give me Windows 10 or give me death or whatever. So I'm really mixed about what they're doing here. I understand what they're what they're going for. And here's the other thing to think about. Microsoft has nothing to lose in this scenario. 
And I think they finally come to the point and says, hey, you know what? Nobody's going to touch us in the desktop. OS X will never get to the point where it's impeding on our profitability in that space. Um, Google Chrome OS is never going to be there. And Linux desktop is not not a, a viable um, alternative for most um, for the vast majority of people in the desktop space. Uh, server is completely different. So basically they said, screw it. Um, why don't we just kind of just go all in on this stuff? And um, that's what they're doing here. And they're really not holding anything back. And I don't know where they're going to stop. So, I mean, this is very invasive, uh, especially at a small company where now your users are seeing, hey, my machine's being blocked with updates. But they don't really understand it's not security that they're being blocked from. I mean, I guess you could argue that Windows 10 is more secure and maybe from that aspect, but it's really not. I mean, their machine is still up to date. It's fine. But Microsoft is now saying, hey, you could be running Windows 10, um, completely ignoring the fact that, hey, that's not a free upgrade for the business. Um, for most businesses, I guess that's not a completely true statement. I guess it depends how you're set up. But it's not supposed to be a up free upgrade for businesses. I don't know. I, I, this one just feels a little off to me. And then it gets a little worse. So Microsoft, during the same patch Tuesday, also pushed out another patch. Um, and I have not seen this. If you saw earlier this week, I was trying to update a Windows 8 machine uh, all the way to the current version. There's another patch that went out. You can post. I put it up on Petri. It's in the same post. Uh, it's, a, it's a KB something or other. Uh, all, I guess they're all KBs. And Microsoft is calling this a feature or an enhancement or whatever to IE 11. But what this really is, is on the new tab page. So when you open Internet Explorer and you go to new tab, um, <laughs> when you go to the new tab page, it now says, hey, you could you should upgrade to Windows 10. It's just another Windows 10 effort that's showing up in Internet Explorer just as a little banner. And I couldn't get it to show up on my machine, but there are reports of people having it show up. And Microsoft has pushed this out and it's a patch. It patched, you know, in quotations. And, yeah. So, really, Microsoft has gone all in with this stuff. It doesn't really matter anymore. They have no qualms about being aggressive. And maybe that's, maybe this is just the new normal. And I really honestly think that. I think, in that, and I'll allude to this why I think this is the new normal later. Um, but I really think this is what Microsoft is going to be. They're going to become super aggressive. They no longer have to worry about the EU coming down on them for dominant market position because um, they can make justifications that Windows is no longer dominant, right? We have iOS, Android, and other mobile platforms. And so they're saying, screw it. Let's just start being dicks and forcing these people and making their lives miserable might be too much because they're not like restarting their machine whenever they want, but... They're putting these freaking adverts everywhere and they, because they want to hit that 1 billion machine mark that or 1 billion active installs that they uh, publicly went with. And so I know there are over 250 million-ish uh, machines right now. So and that's a pretty conservative estimate, um, but over 250 million at this point. So they're well on their way. Um, really, realistically, they needed to hit, hit about 333 million before... What is it, July 29th? So, yeah, they're doing all right. They're doing all right with their stuff. Um, actually, I, I bet it's much higher than that, to be honest. So, this Windows Windows 10 domain join stuff. And so, I asked Microsoft about this because there were issues of people who were using the non-Windows update server, the WUSIS server, locally. Uh, and they said they were seeing this. And so, my 
I try to I try to not bait Microsoft, but I try to get them to come clean about how is this working. Are they not actively going to those machines or what? Now they did tell me that if a machine is running Windows seven or eight Enterprise, that they should not be seeing this. So the people who are saying they're seeing it, I don't know. Like if you're running an enterprise install and you're seeing this update, please, please let me know. Um, screenshots will be fantastic because then I can actually go back to Microsoft because they completely skirted the issue. Like if you look at the quote that they gave me or the the response, it it just, you know, they, they read my email and said, we'll just push this canned statement back to him. And that was about it. Um, but it does seem, I don't know, if you're running an enterprise edition of Windows 7 or 8, let me know if you are seeing that upgrade prompt. That would be very, very interesting to me. So on the Windows 10 stuff, um, I got a really, really interesting email and I'm, I didn't get um, permission to use his name and I don't know if I want to, but anyways, I got a really interesting email from somebody who works uh, with the military and the State Department and all that stuff. And it's relating to this Windows, the upgrade cost for the Department of Defense. And so I've, if you missed uh, a couple weeks ago, Microsoft and Department of Defense announced they're going to put 4 million machines on Windows 10. And they're going to do it within a year. That's a really super aggressive timeline. And somebody emailed me with just the cost that is involved with some of this. He said, we are looking at an upgrade cost, and this is at a state level um, for State Department, uh, not State Department, but state level operations. Um, he said it's going to cost us at least 800000 or possibly more in our state alone to be able to replace our aging hardware in order to meet the new uh, Security Technical Improvement Guideline, or STIG as they call it. Primarily this is because of TPM 2.0. So it's just interesting. It was actually a fascinating email, and I'd like to thank the person who emailed me. I did respond. Um, but it kind of puts a little bit of perspective into what they're having to deal with. And anything that's not TPM 2.0 um, compliant, they're now having to replace most of this hardware which is where a lot of the cost is coming to actually move to Windows 10. And to do all of this within a year is super, super aggressive because it, from what I learned is that there's two times of a year that these employees or these admins purchase hardware. They're, they're called like batch buy days. And there's the next one up I believe is in June. So they're gonna buy, have to buy a whole bunch of hardware in June, get a provision, get it deployed. And so it's gonna be a pretty expensive process for the, the military to actually get to Windows 10. It's not just simply, oh, we're gonna re-upload and take all our Windows 7 machines and just put 10 on them and yeah, we're good to go. There's a lot of hardware that has to be purchased. So kind of just an interesting vantage point of what's going on with that DOD upgrade. And I, you know, it's always kind of neat to see the other side of the marketing spin coin. And so this is where this I find this next piece uh, fascinating, and it, it's a little bit dry for some people, but I think it's actually this is crazy to me. So Microsoft announced this week that SQL Server is going to Linux. Now, if you've known anything about Microsoft in the past two decades or so, Linux was always the antichrist to them, right? They hated Linux because they always looked at it as a threat to the desktop. So Microsoft bringing its SQL product to Linux seems kind of crazy because there's a lot of places that just run Linux on their servers and they don't need, or they probably potentially only spin up a, Win a Windows box uh, just for the SQL install. But when you couple this with the next news, it really begins to make sense. So Microsoft is also announced this week free licensing, free SQL Server 2016 licenses um, if you're running a competitor's product, namely Oracle database products. 
Like, this is crazy. Microsoft is getting super aggressive in this enterprise space, and they're supporting Linux with one of their key products, SQL Server, which is a database application, if you're not familiar with it, and is used by companies around the globe. They're going to put it on a competing server operating system, Linux, and they're also going to bait it for Oracle database administrators with a free license. Microsoft quoted that over a three-year period for an enterprise-grade customer who's running Oracle, they'll save 10 million bucks by going this route with SQL Server 2016. Microsoft is going crazy aggressive here. It's it's fantastic. I actually have a friend who worked at Oracle and he copied my tweet when I when I wrote this up and he said, "Oh, so this is why people are freaking out today." Like they're they're obviously one source is not always the best, but obviously there's some concern inside of Oracle what Microsoft is doing here by bringing SQL Server to Linux and also taking on Oracle database with free licenses. And it makes a lot of business sense for Microsoft to do this. Think about it. If an Oracle, if an Oracle-based company takes the Microsoft up on this free Linux offer, or free license offer, then right, Microsoft gets them into the, the Windows Microsoft family, but they're not going to make any money initially from that. What they're hoping is that, okay, next time next SQL Server comes out, they're going to buy that copy. Um, they're going to buy some other products. They're basically doing doing this and saying, hey, come join us for free with the hope that they will again eventually spend more money. Now, they do have to sign up for software assurance, so there is some cost there. It's not completely free. I mean, the SQL Server licenses are free, but make sure to do your diligence before you look into this. But the reason why it makes sense is if they were to stay on Oracle, Microsoft wouldn't make any money from them anyways. So who cares if they come over um, from Oracle to SQL Server 2016 and they don't make any money from that specific product line. They weren't gonna make any money anyways. Makes you wonder why they weren't doing this all along, but it's really, like when you couple this type of news with the Windows 10 upgrade things, like aggressive is now like Microsoft's favorite word. It's like mobile first, cloud first, aggressive. Like that's that's how they're describing everything now is, is so what are we gonna do? We're gonna do it aggressively. And this is completely different to how they've done things in the past, where they were just kind of passive and said, okay, upgrade when you want to. Well, Windows 8, we offered some money off, but now it's like, hey, Windows 10 is free. SQL Server 2016 licenses can be free. Um, damn. Like, they are going crazy on this stuff. Yeah, so this is, this is really, really interesting to me. And mostly from a business perspective of how Microsoft, the shift in their mantra about how their marching orders are being delivered is probably some of the biggest changes that Nadella has brought to the company. Yes, he's changed some of their focus and done the right things, but really this be super aggressive. And what I find funny about this is so Balmer was a salesperson at heart, right? Um, and, th and there's two types of salespeople in the world. There's hunters, people who go out and like, you know, aggressively get the sales. And then there's farmer salespeople. Farmer salespeople like to cultivate and, and, kind of nurture relationships and whatnot. And what you get from this is Nadella is like a hunter. At least he's installing that type of mentality inside of Microsoft. And the bomber, based on how things were operating, was more of like a farmer. Totally B-school right there. But like that's a huge change in the way a company operates. And if you're a stockholder of Microsoft, that should be a good thing, right? Companies getting aggressive, that's what you want. And now they can do it with a lot less worry. Maybe that was the thing with Bombers that he was so worried about the EU and antitrust. And granted, Microsoft was in a dominant position, but that argument is long gone. And so now we have this really narrow, focused, aggressive Microsoft again. It's crazy. It's fun. It's different. So there you go.
God, that's a lot of SQL and Oracle, and I don't think I've ever mentioned those words so many in my life, so many times in my life in such a short period. Let's get on to, the, to more fun stuff here. So Microsoft is having a conversation internally, and it, don't read into this too much, but it's a current ongoing conversation about how the company is going to start dealing with flighting for insiders. So a source told me that Microsoft is considering forcing you to move up to the next build of Windows 10 immediately. So imagine they push out an insider build and rather than you saying, you know what, I'm going to wait a week or whatnot to upgrade, I want to see how things are on the fast ring, they might just shove you right to the next build. Um, like almost potentially on that day that it comes out or potentially even that hour, as soon as it's downloaded, it might just update your machine. So here's the logic and thought behind this. Um, here's, the, here's the logic behind this, is that Microsoft needs telemetry, right, on the most current version of Windows 10. Past versions are okay, but what they want is a new build to come out and they want all the telemetry they can get from faster users on that current build because that's what they're working with today, they, right? And so the idea is that if you're running an, a two-week-old or three-week-old fast version build, a fast ring build, then you're not such a value add to the insider program because they need that telemetry. So they might just make you go to that new version um, right away. Now, they haven't decided on this. This is something that they are trying to figure out internally. Uh, the impact of making such a decision. Typically, fast ring users want the latest build. I, I understand that, but not all of them apparently are updating right away. So don't be surprised if Microsoft makes an announcement here in a little bit. Um, and again, they haven't fully decided on if they're going to do this or what they're going to change, Or, but don't be surprised if you see some changes related to this type of a topic. So that's just something they're considering. Um, other fun things about insider builds, uh, an email went out last week, late last week, and you probably saw it and I wrote, wrote it up today or yesterday, that extension should be extremely close to launching. Uh, Microsoft sent out an internal email to people and said, hey, extensions are in the RS1 release branch, which is the branch that comes to fastering insiders. So the email made it, the email stated that the next, email, I believe, actually stated that the next version that's going out to insiders will have extensions. Now, they can pull that back, and if there's a big issue or something in their next compilation that has the problem, then they might pull it, but extensions for Edge should be here very, very, very soon, and it will be an early implementation of it. Don't expect this to be the full kit and caboodle, but just, you know, they're right around the corner. And finally, considering they were supposed to initially be released uh, in November, it's surprising that it's taken until March that we would actually see them. I was really thinking we'd probably see them in January. But, yeah. Other things that I've learned. Uh, Mary Jo Foley wrote up that Redstone has been delayed until 2017, early 2017. Um, I Not that there's any reason to question Mary Jo, but yeah, no, I've heard the same thing from a completely independent source that Microsoft has, in fact, delayed Redstone 2 until early 2017 for the specific reason of new hardware. And that's what they that was actually their explanation internally as to why. Um, 
and it's very generic. They're not saying if it's new hardware like these guys and whatnot. But here's kind of my thoughts on this, and I'm kind of torn. So we were supposed to get a Redstone update in November, just like we did last year. We had two updates last year. So Microsoft just kind of really killed their rapid, super rapid release, uh, which is frustrating because they built up all this infrastructure to be able to ship these updates faster or quicker. And now they've just said, ah, we're going to delay it a year for the arbitrary reason of new hardware. So I don't really like this idea because after we get the first release, which should be roughly around January-ish, then we're going to have to wait eight, nine, ten months until we get the next update rather than four or five. Granted, it should be a larger update. But Microsoft, I really wish they would have just kept to that two-cycle release and said, you know what, June and November. I wish they would have done that so it was predictable and kind of kept to that idea. Um, But that's kind of frustrating. The reason why they probably... and it, I don't, I'm mixed if they should wait for new hardware or not. Obviously, they want to launch the new hardware with the new update. That's the, the intent here. And my guess is that it doesn't, may not make sense to update the, these products back here in October or November uh, based on what Intel is pushing out would be my guess, is that they looked at the Intel roadmap and said, hey, they're going to have a new chip and whenever, and that's when we'll push the update, which I understand. Why update this machine with the exact same processor Um, but maybe a slightly different form factor in October if there's a new chip coming out from Intel in the next couple months. But anyways, that is what is going on with Redstone 2. It has been officially pushed back internally, um, which has really screwed up development for Redstone Release 1. Let me explain why. So developers initially thought, hey, if we don't get something into RS1, we have until we'll get it in RS2. It's only a few months later. Not a big deal. Well, that's no longer true. So they have to get everything they wanted into RS1. Otherwise, they won't see it for eight months or won't be publicly. Now, fast-ring users uh, and insiders, this won't impact too much because, right, they're not going to slow down development, but we're just going to get a longer development cycle. So you guys shouldn't be too impacted, but the general public release, which is the vast majority of insiders, is going to be impacted by this. Or vast majority of users, not insiders. So that's what's going on there. Interesting stuff. We'll see what Build has to offer, see if they actually give some public guidance on any of this. Uh, I would imagine at Build they would probably talk about the first release. I don't think they would talk anything about that second release. So other things that are going on this week, Microsoft announced that this new Skype um, project essentially brings, if you're familiar with the Surface Hub, which some of you are, many of you potentially bought them but have not received them yet shame on you microsoft hopefully they are arriving soon um anyway so the surface hub skype has a unique experience with whiteboarding and all that stuff and they uh, announced they're teaming up with polycom and logitech and some other companies to create basically that skype experience from surface hub onto a cheaper hardware device now they didn't announce the price for the cheaper hardware or when it'd be available just second 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 uh, half of the year. But if you looked at a service hub and said, hey, that's too expensive, but that Skype stuff is pretty cool, Microsoft is now breaking it out into its own component uh, for you. Other things that they announced this week, and this many people likely, um, well, somebody asked in the comment, they said, Brad, will they delay RS1? I don't believe so. RS1 is still on track per my sources for a roughly June release. Um, granted, keep in mind that Windows 10 was initially supposed to be released in June and launched in July, but I know that their target timeline is June 
for RS1 release. Um, other things that announced this week, Microsoft, now a lot of people probably glossed over this because this is like super enterprise-y, but Dynamics AX, which is Microsoft ERP software, um, is now fully operating in the cloud. So the big deal about this is, and I wrote that Microsoft is finally drinking their own Kool-Aid. So if you are running the Microsoft stack, so you got Dynamics, you've got um, Office, um, and you're running Office 365 and you're using that in the cloud, you're using OneDrive for business, you're using Skype, it is now actually completely possible to run everything from a major enterprise corporation in the cloud. It's possible to do it without any on-prem hardware, you know, other than your desktop stuff. So this is kind of a neat thing for Microsoft because now they can say, hey, um, all of our enterprise applications now are fully cloud independent. And so you should build your apps on the cloud because, hey, we trust it. Um, obviously, the big consideration with the cloud is uptime. Azure has had its fair share of outages uh, last year, but outages happen on local prem or on-premise hardware too. So that's not completely out of the ordinary, although there were some notable outages for Azure last year. But that's basically Microsoft saying, hey, you know, we believe in the cloud. Our ERP software now runs fully in the cloud. So come join us. You know, there's the punches in the corner. Other things that came out this week, there was a new mobile insider build, 14283. Not a whole lot's really new in this, but the one thing you should know is if you are running this software, is that if you have a Bantu, there are noted syncing issues. Essentially, they won't communicate. So if you have a Bantu and you're running the insider fast ring, if you can avoid it, um, do not download the latest firmware or f firmware, latest update, because it will kind of combodulate your band. Kind of on the sad news side this week, guys. Um, Microsoft canceled Fable Legends and closed a bunch of studios. A bunch of people got lost their jobs this week, which is never a good thing. So hopefully nobody on this call or this podcast isn't impacted, but I'm sure there are likely people who know people on this podcast who are impacted, and that sucks. I'm guessing that, well, what we had heard was the Fable Legends um, game was just turning out not to be good. And, yeah, so Microsoft canned it. They closed a bunch of other studios. What I gather is that they were essentially, they wanted to replicate the, the, the success of Halo, right? Halo is a huge brand for Microsoft. And they said, we need another Halo. So they tried with a couple different um, studios. And it seems like none of them are really working out. So, yeah, that sucks. But, I mean, that's just, that's business, right? Unfortunately, that's just the way it is. Other things that are going on in the world of Microsoft this week. Build. I can't get away from build. Um, build is in two and a half, three weeks. Paul and I will both be there kicking ass, doing our thing. Um, trying to figure out what we want to do there. there. I'm assuming there should be some sort of blogger meetup. Um, there will be podcasting potential. Yeah, there is going to be podcast. I know Walt, Paul is going to do Windows Weekly on Friday, actually from on location, I believe. Um, if they've got all those details figured out, otherwise they're going to go to Pentaluma, like they traditionally do, and I should be there as well. If you were going to build, I know I keep saying this, a couple of people reached out, we're going to meet up, um, you know, we can do that. So other things besides build, um, I've got a bunch of these Ninja Cat codes. So if you haven't gotten one yet, here is a code for you the camera would focus 
Well, there you go. There's another ninja cat code. Come on. Come on, Logitech. Mm -mm -mm. Well, at least the bots won't get it. I learned that was an issue on Twitter. But there you go. There is a ninja cat code. Ah, it says too low res right now, somebody wrote. Well, hopefully the it is in 720p. But um, yeah, so anything else going on in the world of Microsoft? Not a whole lot. I did write up a five-month follow-up to the Surface Book here. If you've been on the fence about getting one of these things, now's the time. Uh, Paul wrote up his thing, and yeah. So, Surface Book, after the last firmware update, it is fine, has been streaming, or streaming, has been sleeping just fine, and Surface Pro 4 been sleeping just fine as well. So now I think it's actually a good time to buy a Surface Book. Now, I don't have any insider information yet, but considering that Microsoft is holding off Redstone 2 until early 2017, I don't think you have to worry about a Surface Book refresh being on the horizon. So now is actually a great time, right? You've got at least probably a year before your machine is out, you know, outdated and whatnot. But Surface Book, Surface Pro 4, doing excellent. All right, guys, I think that's about it. That's been another episode of the Sam's Report. Today is February 11th. If you have any questions, you can find me on Twitter at BDSams, uh, and I try to respond to just about everything. Although, if it is a question, please don't DM it to me. A lot of people DM me, like, very public and generic questions. Please do it publicly. I, that way, if I respond, I can link other people to it. Can't do that through DMs. So, thanks for watching, everybody. Appreciate it, and have a good weekend.